This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. And back here once again with the Employment Hour, and it's uh, News Talk 980 CKNW. Lots of stuff to cover tonight, Lior. We will get to a ton of it, including severance pay calculator. In fact, we haven't uh, we haven't been, or at least talked about or even covered a bunch of emails in the show lately. I think that is apropos. So uh, if you've been sending in emails to Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com, we'll get to a ton of those tonight. But as we always start, my brother, it will be the week that was. How are you, big guy? Hey, John, thank you very much, and really great to be back here and talking about employment law and workplace rights and anything and everything in between. So take advantage of it. We're here till uh, 6 o'clock this evening, and and we're here only because we want to help we want to educate and inform. You know, we, we haven't been doing this show for long, for that long. We only started earlier right. this year. But in that time, we've already helped dozens and dozens of listeners right here on the air. So so do that. Take advantage. Don't assume that you don't have help or rights and, and that your problem, uh, you know, you're facing a dead end. Most of the times we can help. I can give you some thoughts, solutions, point you in the right direction. So if you're struggling with a problem in the workplace, maybe your boss is mistreating you, uh, maybe you're being harassed or bullied, maybe someone's trying to make you quit, maybe you just lost your job and need to know, what am I owed? Well, you know, give us a call right now. Let's talk about that. Let's solve the problem. And by the way, by calling us now, you may be helping other people that are out there listening. They may have the exact same problems as you. So do them a favor as well. Give us a call right now. And to give us uh, to get us started here and talk about uh, you know for, for our listeners to understand what we're talking about, I'm going to start as always by talking about two situations that I saw over the past uh, few days in my office. So first situation, uh, John, I'll tell you about has to do with what we were actually talking about last week. We were talking about discipline, how to discipline employees, yes. and when is it appropriate to discipline, and how oftentimes a lot of employers jump the gun and jump straight to a termination before they properly build a case with discipline. Well, apparently the the employer I'm going to talk about right now was not paying good attention last week. So this situation involved a gentleman who called me. He had worked as a salesperson for a number of years. Now, a couple of months ago, he was disciplined. He was provided a warning because he didn't properly submit expenses. So he right. submitted expenses to be reimbursed. He didn't do it properly. There's a there's a forms that have to be filled out, and he he didn't fill those out, and he got rid of some receipts. So he got warned and uh, because of it, it caused the company some administrative problems. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. He should have done things the way it should have been done. Uh, he didn't. He was warned. Well, fast forward a few weeks after that, he does it again. Right. So what does the company do? Well, they say, you know, we, we warned you about this a few weeks ago. You did it again. So we're now we're firing you for cause. We're terminating your employment for cause. Now, he called me and he said, yes, I did it. My bad. I screwed up twice, not just once. Can they do that, though? Can they let me go for cause? Well, the answer was no, absolutely not. The fact that he may have done something wrong, or in this case, done something wrong twice, does not mean that there's cause. Cause is the worst punishment for the the worst offense. This company jumped the gun. They should have provided a second warning, then potentially if needed a third warning, maybe even a suspension. They would have had to do all those things be- before they could have even considered a termination for cause. Right. You can't jump steps in the process. 
And what I told them then, this is no, this is not a question of did you do something wrong. It's a question of uh, that they don't have cause. It's an issue about them not having cause. And so many people, John, uh, when they lose their job supposedly for cause, don't even bother getting legal advice because they say to themselves, I did something wrong, so clearly they could let me go for cause. No, that's not the, the case. In most cases, you should have not been terminated for cause. In this case, then, he was wrongfully dismissed, and I'm going to help him get severance for him. That's about nine months' pay. That's a lot of money, and a lot of our listeners are going to, unfortunately, find themselves in that situation where the employer jumps the gun. So remember, if that happens to you, you have recourse, there's help, you give me a call. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. What else is going on? Well, John, the second matter uh, actually mm-hmm. has to do with the lawyer. You, you think that, that lawyers would know better. Well, even lawyers make mistakes, sometimes big mistakes as employers. Well, not me, by the way. I'm, I'm perfect. I don't make mistakes. <laughs> other <laughs> lawyers we're talking about here. So this situation actually involved a legal assistant who called me. She worked at a small law firm uh, right here in town. And uh, she had an agreement with that law firm that if she resigned, she'd have to give a month's notice, one month's sure. notice. Well, she gave a few days less than that when she decided to resign. So she, so she thought, okay, that's fine. Well, her employer, the lawyer that she worked for, reacted very badly. He flipped out, said, how dare you give me less than a month? You gave me only, uh, I don't know, it was three and a half weeks or whatever it was. So he said, because you breached the agreement, I'm going to let you go right now and I don't have to pay you anything. So he thought that given the fact that she breached the agreement, she gave less notice than she was supposed to, he can then terminate her immediately, doesn't have to allow her to continue working, and doesn't have to pay her. Well, wait a second, not so fast. It doesn't work that way. Whenever you give notice and your employer lets you go immediately, your employer generally has to pay you for the balance of the notice that you were given. Mm -hmm. So if if you're giving three weeks notice and your employer says, well, go home now, your employer has to pay you for those three weeks. Your employer can't say, well, you quit so you can leave today and I don't have to pay you. It doesn't work that way. And that is true. Even if you were supposed to give more notice than you gave and you gave less notice, the same principle applies. Generally speaking, an employer cannot really enforce the notice that an employee is required to give. So if I'm an employer and I have an agreement with someone that says, if you resign, you give me four weeks notice and they give me less Unless I can show that I lost money because they're of their failure to give me notice, there's really not much that you can do here. Uh-huh. So this lawyer really didn't really understand uh, the law here, didn't understand what he was doing. So he's going to find himself having to pay this employee significant compensation uh, when he could have just let her continue working, parted as friends. So, you, you know, John, even lawyers make mistakes. So for those employers out there and employees, remember that when a resignation happens, the employee should have to, or has to get paid till the end of the notice. By the way, you want to check out the website, simplevancouveremploymentlawyers.ca, and Lior's number at any time, 604-283-3123. We'll get to a bunch of emails uh, for this show and your phone calls, of course. The line's, by the way, wide open, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. But first, I'll want to get to this because it's so important, and that is the severance pay calculator. Love this tool. John, uh, hopefully uh, our regular listeners know about the calculator, mm-hmm. but we have new listeners every week, and it's such an important tool. It literally can save you tens of thousands of dollars. Yep. It, it can help you recover your full entitlement. So so what does that mean? If you lost your job, you have certain entitlements. You have certain uh, rights to compensation, to severance, 
and it's easy to get the wrong information. So I created a tool, it's the Severance Calculator, calculator and it's available at severancepaycalculator.com, and it allows anyone to find out exactly how much they wrote if they lost their job. So you go to severancepaycalculator.com, you answer three simple questions, your age, your position, and the length of your employment, and then you're done. You find out exactly whether you're owed two weeks pay, two months pay, 24 months pay, etc. This is an important tool because if you lose your job and you have that severance paper in hand, you now can go to that severance calculator and see, aha, they offered me six weeks pay. It should have been six months pay. Good. Right. Now I know that I'm owed more. I can get advice and make sure that I get everything that I'm owed. It, it has helped hundreds of thousands of people over the past four or five years that we've had this tool. So use it. Tell others about it. Never, ever, ever accept a severance package without going to severancepaycalculator.com. Someone's going to use that thing right now as you're speaking about this, and they're going to go, whoa, 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 whoa. I thought it was a week per year, two weeks per year, you know, five, six grand. Your, your, your calculator is telling me I'm owed 50. Is there a bug in this system or what? Well, John, if it was as simple as a week per year or two weeks per year, I wouldn't need the calculator. Most people can do that in their head, right? They can do, well, six years. If it's six weeks, hey, I, you know, I don't need the sevens calculator for that. Well, that's wrong, John. There's no formula of a week per year, a month per year, or two weeks per year. It's based on, yeah. based on the three factors, age, position, and length of employment. And that's why the numbers in the severance calculator are accurate. Most people assume that they have less entitlements that they have. In fact, a lot of employers count on that assumption. A lot of employers hope that people will believe that they're only owed a week pay for every year of service so that they accept less than what they're actually owed. That's not the case. That You're owed much more than that. Don't ever fall for any of those traps out there. SeverancePayCalculator.com is the place you have to go to. We'll take a, a short break before we dive into the emails that we've got throughout the last couple of weeks. And, of course, your phone calls waiting for those. That number, as you know, 604-280-9898 or star 9898. Until you've got questions, this is the hour you want to ask about your employment, your severance, losing your job, getting that new job. Bring it all on here. We'll continue the employment hour. News Talk 980, CKNW. And the phone number, as you know, 604-280-9898 to call in. Talk to Lior, get your uh, questions answered tonight, right until uh, until 6 o'clock here. Harjot, good evening. How are you? I'm good. How about you guys? Good, pal. What's going on with you? What's your concern? Good. Hey, uh, it's just uh, something I want to know all these years. Uh, I am a new listener, so great program, great going. Uh, See, I'm an at-will employee. That's what my offer letter said, and that's what I signed on an agreement. It's a permanent position, though. Uh, but agreement says, like, if in case of, uh, you know, being at-will, I can quit at any time, three weeks' notice, or pay in lieu of, or they can fire me three weeks' notice or pay in lieu of. Is that all that's it to it to at-will, or is there, like, something that's behind the scenes that they want to just right. cover or something? What, what's at-will? Okay, so quick question. Is this an American company? A Canadian. It's actually an American company. Canadian, okay. Canadian presence. It's an actually headquartered in America, yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. And, and here's why I asked that is because uh, at-will employment is a, a an, an American concept. It does not exist in Canada. It's it, it literally is it's like saying, uh, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm an alien employee. It, it doesn't wow. mean anything here. So uh, at-will employment is an, a U.S. concept, which really does mean the company ultimately can let you go at any time without compensation. Not the case in Canada. So the document that you signed that says at-will employment 
is not worth the paper it is written on. All right, it, it's, it's it's a waste of paper. Some some trees died for no reason. So uh, what, what your entitlements are going to be based on, as I was saying earlier, your age, your position, and the length of your employment. So so let me give you an example right now. How long have you worked for this company, Harjot? Uh, it's been a year and a half for now. Let's yeah. Year, year, year and, and a half, yeah. and and just generally, what kind of job? What do you do there? I'm a tech support engineer. I make around forty grand a year oh. before taxes. If that oh. give you an idea. Yep. And, and and how old are you, Harjot? Uh, I am 32. So if, if the company lets you go right now, you'd be looking at right around three months' pay. All right, right around three months' pay. So so it's not at will employment. Uh, and, and I see this all the time with American companies, which think that they can import their U.S. agreements into Canada. Can't do that. Doesn't work. So so you you remember that if they let you go, whether it's tomorrow, next month, next year, five years from now. Your entitlements are not going to be based on that at-will agreement that you signed. It's based on what the law here in BC says you should have. And for you today, if they let you go, it would be three months. And obviously, the longer you work there, the more compensation you're going to be owed. Make sense? Okay. So even if the agreement says that uh, three mu- three weeks notice or pay in lieu of, it doesn't hold any water. Not, not worth the paper it's written on. Absolutely not. No. So, so they they, they made a mistake by assuming that they could do that here in Canada. Yeah. No. I I agree. It's an important call. Thank you for calling. And remember, if they do let you go, you give me a call and I'll make sure you get the, everything that you wrote. Arjad, that number again: six zero four two eight three thirty one twenty three. Write it down. Use it. Keep it. Or Lior L I O R at employmenthour.com and that is where we'll go right now Travis writes in says uh, can I be fired here we go after eight months of working at a job after they falsely accused me of something I didn't do it I was only given one week's notice well here's the thing Uh, at the end of the day if you were lost your job uh, because of an accusation which is false you didn't do what they've accused you of doing right then then obviously they can't let you go without compensation you'd be owed significant compensation and and, ba- and obviously it would be more than a week's pay and again based on your your age position and the length of your employment now even if you did do what they said that you did it might not be enough as i was saying in the week that was to let you go without compensation or for cause so in order, in order for them to be able to let you go for cause, well, that you, you would have had to do something pretty darn serious. It would have to be a big deal, and in most cases, you would have had to be disciplined for, a certain, uh, for similar conduct in the past. But if you're saying you didn't even do whatever it is they accused you of doing, clearly this would be a wrongful dismissal. You'd be owed severance, and I urge you to give me a call as soon as possible. Even after eight months of employment, you could have, depending on, on your age and the type of job, you can have severance entitlements that are, you know, two, three months, four months even of compensation. So don't assume that sh- short service means little severance. In fact, the opposite is true, as I've said in the past. Often short service employees are treated disproportionately better when it comes to severance than longer service employees. 604-280-9898. You call in. we got wide open lines or star 9898 on your cell. An email from Elaine says, uh, uh, Elaine, pardon me, says, I quit my job because my new employer owed me $4,000 in overtime and vacation pay. He refused to pay. I asked for payment many times, and he always promised that he would pay, but he never did. Is there something that I can do to get the money owing to me? Well, 
there's actually more than just that here. So let's break this okay. down. First of all, to answer your question specifically, Elaine, yes, absolutely, you can get the money that's owing to you. And then oftentimes all it would take is a letter from me saying you pay it or, or, or else or, or else we'll have to take legal action against you and you'll get everything that you're owed. But here's where it gets even more interesting. If your employer owes you money and you quit because of that, and I can't blame you for quitting. You know, The whole point of going to work is to get paid. So if your employer doesn't meet its obligation to pay you, well, yeah, you're probably going to quit. And if that happens to you, that's actually considered a constructive dismissal. In other words, you're not quitting because you want to go and take another job. You're quitting because it doesn't make sense to continue working. Your employer won't pay you. So if your employer is the one that breached the agreement by not paying you what it's supposed to, and then you quit, that's a constructive dismissal, which means not only does your employer owe you the money, they also owe you severance, Elaine. So because in the eyes of the law, this is as if they let you go, you're owed compensation by way of severance over and above the money, the vacation pay, et cetera, that they owe you. Hmm. So you and I really do need to talk here because it's not just about that $4,000. Depending on your age and position and length of employment, you could be owed tens of thousands of dollars in severance. And, and, and I, I can't underemphasize or overemphasize this. This happens oftentimes, John, to other people when the employer doesn't pay overtime or doesn't pay vacation or, uh, you know, said, well, I know you, you put in 10 hours yesterday, but I'm only going to pay you for seven. If that happens, if your employer doesn't pay you the, the amounts that you're owed, that's a, that's a big deal. That's a breach of the terms of employment. And if you quit as a result, that actually is a constructive dismissal, which means you can treat that as a as a regular dismissal and get your full severance. You know, it's amazing. Uh, employers sometimes treat this like they would severance. Oh, we'll take a we'll take a shot, play the odds that they're not going to complain, find out, or do anything about it until they call you. Yeah, until they call me. But you know, it, it's unfortunate because when the employers, so to speak, play the odds in the way you've just said, in most cases, that turns out to be a good gamble. In yeah. most cases, they get away with it because the employee doesn't know that they can pursue it, doesn't want to pursue it, doesn't know how to pursue it, and the employer can get away with things that it's not supposed to. It's one of the reasons we're doing this show right now is we want people to, to feel empowered. We want people not to be worried about pursuing their legal rights and to know that there is options. And the law is quite good in protecting employee rights, but for the law to protect you, you've got to give it a chance. So if, if you have any issues, don't ever assume, well, you know, this is going to be a long and complicated process. Yeah. Not in employment law. In, certainly in other areas of law, yes, the legal process can be complicated, can be long, can be expensive uh, and unpleasant. Not in employment law for the most part. Usually the matters resolve quickly, they resolve on good terms, and they resolve with uh, not a lot of, uh, you know, uh, acrimonious relationships. So never, ever hesitate to give me a call and let's talk about what your rights are. You bet. 604-280-9898 is the number or star 9898 on Still got lots of time. We've got open lines to talk to you. You have questions, bring them on. Lior's here, as you know, every Sunday night from 5 to 6 to answer those questions. Fred through email, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. I got into an argument with my boss and was fired on the spot. No compensation. I've always been a good employee and have worked for the company for five years. Can I get my job back? Well, you know, Fred, if you quit as a result of uh, of that kind of back and forth or, or, or something happened and, and 
with a, an argument that way, you, unfortunately, there's no legal mechanism to get you your job back. The law doesn't know how to say, well, we'll make the company take you back. So whether you quit or whether you let go in that situation, uh, it, it may be an issue of severance. So if you quit, you may be able to take out uh, to take back, I'm sorry, the resignation. And if the company won't allow you to take it back, we may be able to treat that as a termination. So that that's something you may want to consider right away if it was a heat of the moment. If you were let go, well, wait a second. It may be premature. Maybe you said something you weren't supposed to. Maybe you even were rude or, or whatever it is. But that may not. That doesn't necessarily mean that you could be let go without severance. Again, being let go without severance is is the worst punishment. So either way, we need to talk about the situation as soon as possible. We may not be able to get you your job back, but we sure should be able to get you your compensation. So definitely worth a call. Freddie, that number, by the way, 604-283-3123. That'll put you in touch with Lior. You can go to VancouverEmploymentLawyers.ca online. And again, you know the email address, but I'll give it up one more time before we go to a break. And you can email as well. It is uh, Lior at EmploymentHour.com. The number 604-280-9898 to call in. We've got a couple calls coming in. We will get to you after a short break or star 9898 on cell as well. It is the Employment Hour. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. And back at her, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on cell. We'll get back to your uh, your emails rather here in just a moment. Lior, L-I-O-R at employmenthour.com. Tara Lee, how are you? Hi. Hi. What's going on with you? Um, I just wanted to find out what uh, what I can do because my employer wouldn't let me, to go, wouldn't let me go back to work for one day. Uh, I'm on mat leave and I'm six hours short. Of the 600 hours required by the employment insurance. So I've asked the employer to allow me to go back for one day and they won't let me. And they've also refused to give me an official letter stating why they won't let me go back. So I wanted to find out what else can I do? Okay, so so just so I'm clear, Terrily, so, so you were on mat leave and at the end of the mat leave, you, you contacted your employer and you said, I wanted to come back to work. And they no, said no. I'm just starting. I'm just starting my mat leave. Yes. Uh, okay. So, so what's the, what's the issue then? Because I'm supposed to have 600 hours to qualify for employment insurance or maternity insurance. Right. Right. But now I'm only less. I only have 594, but I need 600 hours. So hmm. my question right. is: Have you had your? Have you had the baby already? Yeah. The baby Okay. So th- the problem is this. Once you go back from maternity leave, you can't necessarily go back on. So that that's the problem. Uh, so th- <laughs> if you're going to go back and then you want to say, okay, now I'm going to go back for a day and then I continue, then you, you won't, th- the rights that you have to be protected, so to speak, to have job protection are going to disappear. So there's really not much that you can do here with respect to EI uh, unless you're willing to give up your maternity leave. And if you are, then you wouldn't be caring about EI in any event. So, no, the, 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 you need to have a certain number of hours to qualify for, uh-huh. for EI. I understand that. But the company is not obligated necessarily to assist you in getting those hours. They have to meet their obligations, which is to provide you with protection uh, or to protect your job until the end of your maternity leave. But, uh-huh. but that's it, really. They, they, they don't have to do anything as relates to EI. 
But employment insurance also advises that I can still go back. I can look for another employer and work for just one day and then reapply. Just to make sure that I have this. Right, okay. Yes, you, 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 you can for EI purposes, but then you would lose your right to go back to this job. But again, the employer doesn't have to. If, if you were to say to this employer, my maternity leave is done. I, I'm not going back on maternity leave anymore. Mm-hmm. Then, yes, they'll have to take you back. But if, they, if you say that, then if you don't have maternity leave, then you wouldn't qualify for EI. So and unfortunately, there's really no way here to, to both have your maternity leave, your secure, job security, and to get EI. So, uh, you know, you can stay on maternity leave, but because you don't have enough hours, there's really not much you can do with respect to EI. Yeah, no, I understand that. But the question is with respect to the employer. Do they have the right to deny me the opportunity to go back to work and for one day just so that I can reapply EI? Because that's the recommendation from employment insurance. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, they, they don't have to allow you to go back for one day. No, they do not have to allow you to go back for one day. So they, they can allow you to go back if you say your maternity leave is done, but not just for one day. They're, they're not required to do that. So as I said, I understand that EI may suggest that, but your employer does not have the obligation to allow you to come back just for one day, no. Thank you for your call, Tara Lee, and yours as well. You'll want to bring it on, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on sell. Your email, Lior at employmenthour.com. Beth writes in, says, I've been on a uh, medical disability leave for three months. My employer is putting pressure on me to return to work. They say that the business really needs me. I'm afraid that if I don't return, I won't have a job there anymore. Do you have any advice for me? Yeah, well, Beth, here's how this works. If you're unable to work for medical reasons, you're allowed to be off work as long as the doctor says that you can't work. And you can stay off until the doctor says you should be coming back to work. Your employer can't do anything to you because of the fact that you took a a maternity leave, you can't be punished, you can't be fired for it, none of that. Now, the reality is that is a practical matter. If, if your employer has to have someone in your role, they may end up hiring someone in the meantime, and then it's possible that when you're coming back from work, there, there will be no job available. But that, if that's the case, you're, you would certainly be owed full severance, but keep in mind that even if uh, your employer hires someone in the meantime, they still have to do everything possible to look for a similar job for you when the time comes for you to come back to work. And in most cases, if they know that you're going to be off for another three months or four months or six months, then they should only be hiring someone on a temporary basis to allow you to come back to work. So they can't simply say, well, you come back now or you don't have a job. It doesn't work that way. If they do that, that could be a human rights violation potentially. Certainly that could be a wrongful dismissal. So you and I would need to talk. You can and should stay off on maternity leave until your doctor clears you to come back to work. I don't decide. You don't necessarily decide. Your doctor should be the one that decides when you're ready to come back to work. And the employer should keep your job open as much as possible or try to accommodate you by by hiring someone only on a temporary level or a temporary basis, I should say. Uh, if, if they won't do that, if they put this line in the sand, you have to give me a call right away, Beth. If they do bring her back, say she was a district manager or whatever she was, they can't bring her back, you know, putting hockey pucks in urinals. Like, it's got to be similar pay, similar job, right? 
Exactly. If, if they try to bring her back to a different, lesser position, what have you, that would be a constructive dismissal, like we've talked about before, yep. which means that that's something that she can treat as a termination. No, they would have to bring her back to the same job. And, and it could also potentially be a human rights issue as well. So the rule is simple. You have a right to your job. It's a protected leave, which means your job is protected as much right. as possible. And if your employer ignores that, well, that's a problem. That's illegal. You definitely have to give me a call. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Mark, good evening. How are you? Uh, very good. Thank you for taking my call. No worries. I'm What's going on? I'm now? actually calling on behalf of my son. He's a, a fourth-year, almost fifth-year university student at SFU. Uh, for the uh, summer semester, he was uh, he took a co-op job, which he gets credits for. He has to pay... Uh, $700 tuition fees to SFU to do that. Then they apply on these, jo- these jobs. So he got this job with this, uh, tech company. Uh, the, the two weeks into the job, they got a paycheck. And then all of a sudden, the company's having financial problems. They told him he was going to get paid by sometime in August. That's never come. He's actually now back in school and he's out $13,000. They've never paid them. Wow. Wow. So, so saying, Mark, here's well, the thing. You know, sorry. You no, know, go ahead. Go ahead. They're just saying that. Uh, well, yeah. Well, we had a, a investor that was going to invest into a certain project. He backed out at the last minute. That was way back in April. Yeah. And they promised them to pay them. They gave them a letter. He had to sign this letter. Uh, I got legal advice over that, and they said, "Well, you might as well. You're a student." But uh, but the you know that date is come and gone. Uh, we're now into the end of September. He's supposed to maybe see something by the thirtieth, but you know he's very nervous and uh, you know just it's just awful that this company has taken advantage. Well, of, there's several, a couple others. No question. Students. There's no question that they're taking advantage because they assume, you know, he's he being a young guy and a student, he's not going to want to do anything and, and push them. So so what we need to do is, is exactly what I said. We need to push them and make them realize that they can't get away with it. Honestly, Mark, all it would take is a letter. All it would take is a letter from me, and they'll read us, holy cow, okay? Except instead of cow, they'll say something else. Uh, holy cow, we, we, have to pay, uh, we have to pay him or else. So... Let me help him. Let me send that letter and let me get him the compensation that he's owed. Trust me, if to the extent that they owe money to several people, it's going to put him right at the top of that list. It's not right what they've done with a, a young guy that, that obviously worked there right. uh, and probably needs the money for school and whatnot. Well, so have him give me a call. Let me help him. They owe him the money. Well, and also because of this inconvenience, they promised him uh, a 7% bonus based on a yearly income on top of his uh, you know, uh, student wages. So, anyway, well, so... I- even more, should... more to talk about. Yes. So, should I call you at the 280... Um... 604-283-3123. Again, Mark, yeah, 604-283-3123. Yeah, you got it. That's it, big guy. Yeah, All okay. Right. I really appreciate your help. Fantastic, I mean, Mark. Just, he's just beside himself. Tell you the truth. No, we'll uh, Lior will be on it. We'll get uh, we'll get Oliver over for sure. Again, 604-283-3123 and Lior L I O R at employmenthour.com. We got time. We'll slide in uh, Jim here. Hi, Jim. Hi, how you doing? Good, sir. What's going on with you? 
Um, my employer put me off work for uh, medical reasons in uh, uh, January of 2016. Okay. And I, I was uh, <clears throat> cleared to return to work in March of 2016 by my doctor. And uh, my employer is, uh, you know, this is a pretty complicated situation, but they they won't let me return to work unless I get uh, further further medical um, uh, clearance. And I've basically got that, and uh, they're they're still just there's no contact with them whatsoever. And wow, uh, I have a union, and they're on the side of the employer. And uh, I, I'm, I'm just frustrated. I don't know what to do. I, I was act, I applied for EI, and EI talked to my employer, and, told, and my employer told EI that I was being uncooperative and not pro, and not uh, providing them with medical information. Yeah. And the medical information they so, wanted Jim, from 1965. Jeez. So Jim, wow. I, I I I almost. I almost had good news uh, for you uh, up until, unfortunately, you, you mentioned that you're part of a union. And the reason why I can't give you good news is that if you're part of a union, the only one, and I do mean the only one, that can help you in this situation is the union. Now, you said that the union is kind of in cahoots with the employer. Even if that is the case, there's really no other recourse. You can't deal with the employer on your own. I, I can't represent you. I'm not allowed to represent you. It has to be the union. Now, obviously, if, if you uh, are, are cleared to return by a doctor, then they have to take you back to work, full stop. There's no two ways about it. But to pursue that, your union has to help you. I don't know why they won't. There's really not much that an employee can do when they're part of a union uh, except go through that union. If, if you weren't unionized, then I can help you, and you could be resolved with this problem within a week. But because uh, you're part of a union, the only thing I can tell you is you have to push your union. You may even want to threaten, if you have to, your union that you're going to complain against the union at the labor board. Uh, unions don't like that. Uh, but short of that, uh, unfortunately, Jim, there's nothing that you could do. You have to go through the union. There's no other options, okay? Okay. I turned 60 this year, so I applied for my union pension. Mm -hmm. And yeah. the union discounted six years off of my pension so that I'm not eligible for a pension <sighs> until I'm wow. 65. Wow. That would be at a, a discounted rate because I won't have 10 years in at that time. So, like, I'm just getting it from from all directions. The EI no kidding. EI wouldn't no kidding. Uh, any income. I've sold everything I've owned. I lost my home. I, you know, I, wow. you know, you know, you try going uh, since um, uh, January 2016 with no income. Right. Yeah, I hear you, Jim. It's a, it's a lousy situation, no. but again, Leor, you can't do anything about it. You know, John, and, and I've been accused in the past of being anti-union, and I'm really not, okay? I'm really not anti-union. I just try to be neutral and objective. But there, right there, is is why I'm frustrated sometimes with unions in that, and maybe it's not even with unions, it's with the system that does not allow an individual to deal with these problems himself or to hire a lawyer to deal with the problems, have to go through a union, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm helpless. I'm as helpless yep. as he is in being able to help him because he's part of a union. Not much I could do. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. More show coming up. We'll go back to your emails as well here on the Employment Hour, News Talk 980 CKNW. 
VancouverEmploymentLawyers.ca is that email anytime you want to get a hold of Lior or Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. If the show is over, you can get a hold of Lior that way anytime uh, during the week. bunch of emails. Again, we like to get through these every week. Dave, uh, I'm about to leave my current job to take a position with a different company, and this is a, a very difficult decision for me because I've been with the company for, count them, 10 years. What do I need to watch out for when I sign my new employment agreement, I guess, with the new uh, new company, right? Well, very smart uh, email, Dave, and, and you really have to be careful here because if you're going to lose or sort of leave a secure job for a, a, a new job, you have to be careful. You're leaving seniority. You're leaving things on the table. So so here's how we want to look at this. First of all, you don't want to sign any agreement that talks about uh, probation, that puts you on probation. Why are you going to leave a secure job to start a new job and just to be on probation? Nonsense. No, you don't want to do that. You, you don't want to take that risk. If the company really wants you, they should waive that probation. You want to have that security. So no probation. You do not want to agree to that no matter what. Second thing is you don't want to agree to a termination clause that limits your entitlements. Again, why leave a secure job to accept a job where they, the company says we can let you go and pay you almost right. nothing? So you could be leaving a job where they, you know, if, they, if you lost your job, they'd owe you a year's pay, and you start this job and they limit your seven to the point of maybe now you only get a week's pay. That's a horrible thing to do, and, and why would you put yourself and your family at that risk by losing, by leaving uh, all these entitlements on the table. So anything at all that could impact job security, anything at all that limits uh, entitlements to severance and compensation should be non-starters. You also want to watch out for there not being anything there that allows the company to change your compensation, to change the terms of employment, to reduce your pay, uh, to you know demote you or relocate you. None of that is, is something that you can or should agree to. And if they truly want you because you're leaving a secure job, you have some power to negotiate mm-hmm. here. Uh, maybe negotiate something that provides for an enhanced severance that actually uh, recognizes some of the service you had with the previous company. So so don't accept anything that, that puts you at risk. But the best advice I can give you, because there's so much at stake, you're leaving a secure job, give me a call. Let me review this agreement with you. Let's look at it together and make sure that there's nothing here that you're going to sign that you're going to regret later on. It's a very, very important thing to do, okay? So give me a call. I- I guess that's a key thing, though. You shouldn't be apprehensive about throwing your uh, your wants and needs at that because they're coming for you. They're going to try to maybe not bend over backwards, but they should have some lenience if they want to change a few things going in, right? Shouldn't be shouldn't be scared to do that. Right, and the stuff that I've talked about here uh, in response to Dave's email, we're not asking for the moon and the stars in the sky. We're just asking for some recognition of the fact that he's leaving a secure job, so there should be some security in the yeah. job that he's taking. So, And by the way, that doesn't just apply to Dave. If you're about to accept another job, don't just focus on the things that everyone focuses on. You know, what's my salary? How much vacation I get? There are other important terms that have to do with an employment agreement that you want to be watchful for, like a termination clause, like a non-competition clause, uh, etc. And, and if you're not sure what it says, what it means, there's a lot of legalese there, give me a call and I can explain to you in English, in plain English, what it all means. Bill writes in says, I just received notice that our office will be shutting down in 12 months, basically a year. I want to leave to take another job. Do I still, can I still get severance? Well, you know, Bill, you can't. If you're going to leave before the last day of employment, then you're considered to have resigned. So what happened here is they essentially gave you a year's notice 
of your uh, determination because they're they're going to uh, go a different route. Well, if you're going to leave before then, well, you know what? That's a resignation. You can and, uh, and and you may not be owed anything. Now, the one thing I'd be curious about is at the end of the year, do they still owe you severance? And, and that's, of course, based on your age, position, and length of employment because it's quite possible that if you're going to stay there till the end of the year, maybe they owe you another 10-month severance. And then by accepting a job and leaving before the end of the year, you'd give up on that as well. So use the severance calculator or give me a call. Let's find out exactly how much you'd, you'd owe. You'd, you'd be owed. But of course, listen, if you get a great job offer in the meantime, it's up to you. You may decide to accept it and forego any other entitlements in the hope that this new job, job offer would be great and would provide for employment and income long term. But the general rule is if you leave before the last day of employment when, when you got notice, then you don't get anything. Some more excellent information tonight, my friend. We'll take it from there. If you need to get a hold of the or for any reason, like stuff we talked about tonight or otherwise, you know that number by now. It's 604-283-3123. It's VancouverEmploymentLawyers.ca and Lior, L-I-O-R, at EmploymentHour.com. How does he figure out how much you wrote? Very simple, SeverancePayCalculator.com as well. Till next time, this has been the Employment Hour. It's right here, News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.